I actually was on the way to work when my body said stop. And um, I should have taken an ambulance to the hospital, but I actually drove because I'm hard at it. But yeah, I was in the hospital for about five days, just septic. Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, where today I'm joined by Tanika Hayes of Browns Automotive in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, if you recall, uh, Browns Automotive was our shop view for February and Tanika was our cover for February. So Tanika and I are going to sit down and really chop it up a little bit about you know, what it is to be a shop owner, particularly to be a female shop owner. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what it means to manage customer expectations, because that's one of the things that shop owners deal with a lot is trying to understand and manage customer expectations and helping customers to understand that there's a give and take with the shop. And also we're going to talk about the work-life balance of shop owners. Uh, how should a shop owner conduct themselves so they don't find themselves in a critical situation to which Tanique is going to share a very scary story that happened to her uh, when she just wasn't in balance. So uh, without delay, here's Tanika. Well, hey, Tanika, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day where I'm at. How about yourself? It is nice outside. We should just shut down and go home. I'm all for it. <laughs> so uh, what's new and novel in North Carolina these days? The weather's good, but that can change at any moment. Pollen's popping, so we've, everybody's got the allergy. And then we've got, you know, basketball, college sports, things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost yellow car season. I know, you know, in a couple of weeks, my car is going to be absolutely yellow. Exactly. There's no need to even wash it. <laughs> it. Yeah. We don't wash until like, Mar uh, you know, until May. Yeah. <laughs> Let it all oh. go. But uh, so are you a Duke or North Carolina girl? I'm a Carolina girl. Oh, man. It, it's funny. Like, I can't remember the last time or even any time in my lifetime when both of those teams were unranked. This is crazy, right? It is the I most bizarre thing I in the world. It is, it is crazy. And that state, North Carolina state. Yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. Don't talk guess, about it. <laughs> I guess it's their time. You know, they've waited a long time for this. Well, <laughs> they better enjoy what it can. Absolutely. So you're a second generation shop owner. You know, tell us about right. your father. Tell us about your father's legacy and what you saw growing up in the shop. Okay. So my dad started a business 43 years ago, um, February the 18th. So... I was about three years old. He took courses in auto body in high school. And so he fell in love with it in high school, went to the Marines for a little bit, and then came to Chapel Hill, Carborough area, and built this shop. So we started out as a collision center. So that's what we started at. Um, he was laughing the other day saying that, you know, he just got a $3,000 loan and it was history from there. I mean, everything else is history. Wow. And when yeah. did you know that you become his successor? Was that something that was like in the cards for you? Was that a career that you were thinking about or did something happen that made you decide I'm going to take over dad's shop? I was just telling my kids this the other day. So I spent every summer with my dad, literally every summer. Um, he's just worked hard. I just adored everything. Just watching him work hard was exciting to me. I didn't really think I was going to do that kind of work because all I saw him do was manual labor because he was out in the shop. I grew up in Charlotte, so that's a big banking city, and always thought that I was going to be in a business suit 
walking downtown and I was going to be in banking or accounting because that's actually what I went to college for. I didn't think I was going to be in a dirty shop, so to speak. But the more time I spent at the shop, the more I fell in love with it. And so there you go. But I didn't think this was this is what I'll be doing. No, this is because I'm too prissy. I'm, you know, I'm very girly. <laughs> so I can say that I'm a girl. I'm very girly. Yeah. I didn't think I'm going to be doing this. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned dirty shop. I think in our first interview, you said you're very meticulous about having a very clean and put together shop. Uh, yes. How did you institute that change when you took over? Well, you know what? It wasn't really a change because the shop is dirty outside because, you know, you got grease and dust and whatever. But my dad has been very, very, very specific about making sure a shop is comfortable for um, customers. You know, women come in with the babies. The bathrooms are clean. You can sit down on stuff. Yeah, he has always been that way. So I've just taken it to another level. So my office kind of looks like a living room. I've got like plants and fish and coffee. It's very comfortable, not corporate at all. So dad always kept a clean office. So I just kind of stepped up the game a little bit. Yeah. Now, a lot, a lot of shop owners, you know, come from the back of the shop. They start off as technicians and they work in, you know, in that part of the shop. But you are, you're more front of the shop. You know, how does that affect the way that you own and operate uh, Browns Automotive? Yeah, I kind of operate it from the customer standpoint. You know, I'm not very technical. I'm not a mechanic. I know because I've been doing it so long how to, I got my quotes in the air, fix the car. But I try to run my shop as, you know, trying to see what the customer needs, what the customer is going to experience. And when I speak to a customer and I'm selling them a job, I'm talking to them as if I want somebody to talk to me. So... You know, so when I was in high school, this is funny. I did work for McDonald's. Everybody, McDonald's different now than it was. I'm not going to say how many years ago. <laughs> I really love the customer service experience. Our McDonald's owner was a woman and I thought she was a powerhouse. So, and also my love language is acts of service. So I really like the customer service part of the industry. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I'm definitely an acts of service person too, all day. <laughs> I mean, I have had customers, I've literally been doing this, running around the shop, not this one, but a shop since I was three. So they have watched me grow up. They have watched my kids grow up. I have watched them grow up, college students, because I'm minutes from UNC. I have watched their kids grow up. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's just customer service and relationships is very important to me. Yeah. Now, one thing that shop owners can struggle with is managing client expectation. You know, you're someone who's very into customer service and that customer experience. How has Browns excelled at, you know, managing client expectation? Well, I set the tone up front. I am who I am. I don't like scripts. I know with coaching, they teach scripts, but I take that recipe that they give you in coaching and I'm making my own. I speak regular language. So I set that tone up front. I don't make any crazy promises that I cannot deliver. You know, I do the whole under promise and over deliver thing. I present the customer with any recommended work. You know, we come up with a game plan. I literally say when things are overwhelming and it's thousands of dollars, they have work that they have needed. You know, I say, hey, do you want to eat this dinosaur one piece at a time or do you want to eat the whole thing? You're like, I'm going to sit down there and talk to you in your language and figure out what you need for that car. And we're going to do the best job for the car. We're going to come up with a game plan. So I just yeah. kind of set the tone up front. Okay, and that's, that brings me to my next question is kind of what's that typical experience like for a customer when they come and bring the keys into you and tell you they got an issue? Like, walk me through that. Okay, so 
first of all, usually when a customer comes in and they've got a problem, because you know we do maintenance, but if they have a problem, you know, it, it's personal. I'm going to get you me. You know, I'm a ray of sunshine. I am who I am. So I'm going to bring your stress level down. We're going to fix this. I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. I get busy. So the small little things that you can do to make the customer feel comfortable, that makes the experience unique, you know? So um, it's very personal. Like I really listen to what people say. A lot of people talk more about their other problems in their car. So if you're telling me, oh, we've been sick in the house, I just need you to leave the key in there. Not only am I going to lock the key up for you, I'm going to leave you a little bag of tea and, you know, some cough drops. You know, I leave little small gifts everywhere, wiping on the dashboard for a mom and a minivan, the Cheerios everywhere, vacuuming the floor. So the typical experience, there's no typical experience. I try to make sure that the experience that the customer is having is important to them. You know, if you're a big professor at UNC and you just do not have time, I am not going to talk a hole in your head. I'm going to get to the bottom line. We're going to make sure this is the quickest, most efficient service that you've ever had. If you're a mom and you just need to talk to somebody because your kids are running you crazy, I'm going to listen to you. And I'm going to tell you my kids are crazy too. You know, so I'm going to relate to each customer as best that I can. There's no... There's no cookie cutter way that we deal with a customer around here. Yeah, I think those little touches, you know, leaving the cough drops and the tea, just listening to people. I think it, it means a lot, especially nowadays, yeah. you know, just where people don't feel heard as much because everyone's got a story or everyone's got something going on. Everybody's so think, got something going on. <laughs> so I think those little things are, those are important things. Those are things you do are very important for customers. Yeah, we try. <laughs> on the opposite side, how do, how are difficult customers handle? Everyone's got a difficult customer. Everyone's got that one customer that just, you know, is over the edge sometimes. Like, how do you handle those customers? Well, Chris, let me tell you that. I, I don't have many. I know everybody has those customers. I do not have many. I used to really let people get me upset. Um, and I used to try to win that one crazy customer over. In the past, I did that because I was you know, trying to get as many customers and I wanted all the money and all the customers need to be mine. No, every customer is not my customer. I've learned that recently. So what I do now, I just give it back to them. Okay. So when I say that, I just say, I will repeat the most ridiculous thing that the customer just said. I will repeat that to them and give them the opportunity to think about what they just said and say, cause you know, sometimes people are just having a bad day and they just don't know that they're acting crazy. So we're going to allow them to try to fix that. We're going to try to negotiate that. And I'll give you a good 1.5 times to kind of attack me or come off wrong at the whole shop. Um, after that, I'll just write you down as a preferred customer. We prefer that you go somewhere else. I will fire you because all money is not good money. So, yeah, we prefer that they go somewhere else. And I'll just tell you, you know, this is not the best fit for you. We're not going to be able to help you here. Here's a reference, or if I don't have a reference, I'll just let them know, you know, I'll get your car ready to go. We'll put it up front, and um, that's that. But I'm not going to have a whole argument with somebody and try to win them over because I hope people don't find this arrogant, but Browns Automotive is the prize. We're the prize. So if you want to come in and have us help you, we're here for you. But if you want to argue, this is not the place. Oh, no, I don't find that arrogant at all. I think, you know, uh, it's very important to educate customers on how the businesses run. You know, mm -hmm. the standards of the business that they're entering, the the attitude they need to have. So it's, it's a very important thing. Um, something you said that I thought was really funny uh, was the readbacks. That's such, a, that's such a mom thing, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> let me let, let me let me, hear, let me let you hear how you sound. <laughs> yeah, let me let me hear what you just because I don't because a lot of times people just don't understand. So you know we have that conversation. This is why, and um, I'm going to repeat what you just said because that was ridiculous, and I know you didn't mean to say it that way. But if you did, you are now considered a preferred customer. <laughs> so you know something we talked about was a. Uh, this idea that the shop should be faster and cheaper than the dealership. What are your thoughts on that? How do you educate a customer who feels that way? So I do say, you know what, sir or ma'am, we do not have the buying power to meet the cost. You know, I don't have the buying power to big box stores, especially with tires. Oh, I can get the tires at Sam's club for this amount of money. Well, you know what? That's awesome. Go ahead and do that and bring your car back to me and I can do an alignment because they can't do that. But when they want you to price match something like that, I just simply say, no, I cannot do that. I'm in business to make money. Not a whole lot from you from the tires, but I am in business to make money. But I, I don't think that they understand that you're ask, asking me to be faster, offer a better experience, have a better warranty than a dealership and be cheaper. That math just does not add up. And when you say that, usually people are like, you know what, Tanika, you're right. You're right here. I'm going to go ahead and do it because it's not a big difference, but don't expect me to be cheaper. And they usually swallow it with no problem. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, imagine going to Subway and bringing your own bread, you know? Exactly. This, this, you know, this is my bread. Can you make it on my bread? And here are my ingredients. Can you can you put it on there just the way yeah. I would do it at home? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what you're doing, you know, when you go to a shop and want them to cater to you in that degree and manner. Yeah. Well, Amazon had it cheaper. Well, uh, you go get that from Amazon and see how it works out for you. Okay? But always answer with a smile. You told me a story about a customer who needed some warranty work at a dealership. Uh, and he went there and they kind of botched the, the the repair. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Tell our audience. It was the most simple repair. There was something going on with his rear windshield wiper. And apparently they changed the motor or whatever. And when they reinstalled the wiper arm... They installed it so when he turned the wiper on, it was wiping the license plate. So it literally came in looking like a little puppy wagging his tail. And I'm just thinking, you took this to the dealership, and that dealership probably is about 10 miles from here. You took time out of your day, and they did not even take the time to check to make sure their warranty work was done correctly. So, yeah, and but you want me to be cheaper. He laughed at it. He said, you know what? I should have come to you, but it was under warranty and I just didn't want to pay for it. But I paid for it with my time. Yeah, Ooh, that that's good. I paid for it with my time. That's a big, that's a big takeaway for that. Yep. And, you know, and so why is, why is a story like this, like a good example of like client management, like a good, a good client relationship management on your part? Well, once you build that trust and you and your client have an understanding, it's much easier and I hate to say sell the work, but it's much easier to convince them to trust you through the process, to not go shopping, to not nickel and dime you for, you know, oh, I can get it done $10 cheaper here or my cousin can do that. We have a relationship. We've set expectations and they're high expectations and they know they're going to get what they're going to pay for. Right. Now, we've got this phenomenon in business that happens, you know, it happens in, almost, in every business, but I know it also permeates in the shops where you know customers kind of feel like they run the business and they can tell you what to do and how to run your business whether it's you, you know wanting to drop a car off with 10 minutes to spare and expect you to get it done like how do you keep customers from running your business for you like that how do you keep customers from you know breaking through your boundaries 
<laughs> oh no, we don't do that here. So I set that up front. I mean, you'll get people that are come in with last minute issues and last minute problems. Oh, this check engine light's been on for the last three weeks and I'm going out of town tomorrow. And not often does it burn me, but I just am, I will just say, you, you know what? That's kind of not my problem. This is what I can do for you, but I cannot make myself uncomfortable just to make you happy. You know, we have to own our own problems. So I don't allow that because, you know, burnout will happen if you let them just do that. So we all have to be on the same page. And if we can't get on the same page, it is just the wrong customer for my business. Again, in the past, I thought everybody was my customer and I need to make everybody happy. I don't need to make everybody happy, just most of the people. But some of them just cannot, you know, you just can't come here. Not with that, not with that attitude. Yeah, I, I tend to think that some of that um, kind of jumping through hoops for customers comes from a scarcity mindset where we feel like the work is going to disappear or they're going to take it somewhere else or we're not going right. to get an opportunity. And so we get like into this like fear mode that we're going to lose money. And so we just do it. And at the, at the end of the day, you end up losing money on a job that you thought you were going to make money on. And you lose your mental health. You go crazy because you don't let it go. If you're the shop owner and something's happening, you don't let it go. You think about it all night. You think about that argument that you just had a customer. You just think about that bad repair job. You're worried about getting a bad review. So you just, I just try to stop that stuff up front. And I'm no saint. I've done all these things in the past, but now I've learned to stop it up front, set expectations, all with a smile. But, um, and it's not a lot of people that cause a problem. Um, and a lot of people don't know that they're being that way. So I try to set the expectations up front, under promise, over deliver, and we'll take it from there. Now, did you always have really good boundaries as a shop owner? I, I can imagine that like shop life can sometimes get in the way of home or, you know, kind of come home with you. Like, how did you set parameters there to balance those two out? So, no, I did not. I didn't. So when my father retired about seven years ago, I can't even think how long, maybe about seven years ago. I thought I had to be superwoman and I took everything home and I wanted to fix all the cars. I needed all the customer. I needed all the five stars. And I didn't know how to separate being mom and being the boss and I would take it home. Um, but now I've learned we can't do that. I love a staycation. I will go check in at a local hotel, not a hotel. I will go check in a local hotel and I also will just unplug I will turn the phones off. I no longer check emails on the weekend. I just don't put myself under that much pressure anymore. It's, it's something hard to learn, but I learned the hard way. Unfortunately for me, I got ill and I did not take care of myself. And I got ill to the point that I had to be hospitalized because I didn't take the time to take care of me. But just like when you're flying or you're on the ship and they tell you to get your life jacket or your oxygen, oxygen mask before anybody else, this is a learned behavior. This is this is all new for me in the last couple of years. And so the illness was related to overwork? Well, I wasn't paying attention to my body. My body was telling me that I um, I had an appendix rupture. Oh. I felt the pain. And um, I actually was on the way to work when my body said stop. And um, I should have taken an ambulance to the hospital, but I actually drove because I'm hard at it. But yeah, I was in the hospital for about five days just septic because I didn't stop when the pain came. So learning to stop is very important. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I laugh about it now, but I could have, I was, I don't remember the first two days in the hospital. And then I had yeah. a similar issue like that with kidney stones that I felt the pain. I knew something wasn't right. And um, I'm a mom. My first son was nine pounds, 11 ounces. And I had a C-station, came back to work in three days. So I'm hard Ooh. hit. Oh yeah. But yeah. So I learned the hard way. So now I know my PSI. I know my pressure. And I know when it's time to say, nope, that's enough for the day. Or that's enough for the week. Or we're not answering that phone anymore. We can let that go. Yeah, and that's really important. Uh, what are some of your favorite like, or preferred methods of self-care now? Oh, yes. So I will take a vacation. I love to fly. I'll fly to a beach in a minute. Um, my kids built a fire pit. So the fire pit, just sitting out there listening to podcasts and fire pit. I don't do a lot. But just podcasts, vacations, a good dinner, watching an old movie with my kids, trying to introduce them to like a 1980s or a 90s movie so they can understand all the little jokes that I'm making. So just <laughs> time. That's, just, I can just unwind with time. Unplug. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And how important is it for shop owners, you know, particularly those who are listening to the podcast, how important is it for them to take leave each year, just take time off? You know, the business isn't going to fail. It's not going to go anywhere. If you've got good people in place, trust your people, but just take time off and do you. That's very important. Again, something that I'm learning, especially with the pandemic. And we tried to go crazy and everybody was just running around and you couldn't go anywhere and you're stuck in the house. No, I have learned to unwind. It's very, very important to take vacation. Um, you just have to have the right people in place. And I do have that personnel. So I don't have to worry about when I come back to work, if it's on fire, if everything was done correctly, are all the walls still standing? She takes care of that. And so I have learned to just say, okay, I'm going to leave for this amount of time. I think last year it took about three weeks. Um, so that was great. We closed the whole shop the week of Christmas. And so I had that week off. And the following week was my birthday. And I decided last minute to take an additional week and nothing, nobody skipped a beat. So building a team that can work it without you is great. And um, I'm working on continuing to build a team. I've got to do better at that. But um, vacation is very important. You don't have to leave your house. Just don't go into the shop. Yeah, it is. Time off is important. It's it's funny. My uh my content director is always getting on me about that last year. It's like you need to take some time off for yourself. I'm like, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an employee and I've been thinking, oh, I'm gonna have to make him take time off because he doesn't. It's so hard when you love what you do though, isn't it? I do, because this is my family. These people are crazy and I love them. You know, we interact with these customers and your employees, and so that is your family. But then you gotta take it. You've got to take yeah. it. There's so many things that you want to do. Um, I don't call it a bucket list because I don't plan on kicking the bucket, but I have a list on the side of my refrigerator of things that I want to do. So last year I was able to swim with the dolphins and I flew a plane. So just little stuff. I have a bullet list of things that I want to do and I'm making it happen because that's what we're working for, right? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. lastly, you know, what, uh, what do you love most about getting up and going to the shop every day? What's your favorite aspect of it all? My employees, they're so funny. I think they're <laughs> employees. They're, and we've got some great customers, the people. It's all about the people. It's all about the people and the relationships that I build. The delivery drivers, you know, the retired old men that are delivering the parts. Um, birthdays for the technicians and the office staff. 
all those things, it's a million little things that make me so happy. It's the awesome. relationships for me. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, Tanika. I really enjoyed talking to you on Ratchet and Rich Radio. All right, Chris. Good talking to you as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right, love. Take care. You too. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. And that's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.